19 years ago, I was introduced to one of my living heroes of the faith. He's a man whom I have admired for a very long time, ever since I started hearing him preaching, reading his books. I, I, I like him. I admire him. I respect him because of his passion for the Word of God. Anytime I listen to him preach or teach, he, he always points forward to Jesus Christ. He wants people to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, I thought it very appropriate in this series on who is God to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1, I think, is a grand introduction to who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Here, Hebrews chapter 1, I'm going to read the whole chapter, 14 verses. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to have it open, whether it be on your phone or whether it be from the pew or your own personal Bible. Brothers and sisters, hear the word of the Lord. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he to me a son. And again, when God brings the firstborn into the world, God says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he, meaning God, says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the sun, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundations of the earth in the beginning. And the heavens are the work of your hands. 
They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you, you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has God ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Let us pray together. Our Father and our God, we come to your word, which is life. And I pray and I ask you this morning to do a profound work in us as we consider from your word who Jesus is. And we thank you and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I entitled this message, Jesus is God, Savior, Lord, and king. And the outline is Jesus is God, Lord, Savior, Lord, and King. And I have a couple more too. I'll tell you that when I get there. This indeed is a great day to preach on who the Lord Jesus is. Amen. On a day where we remember how God has mightily used his word in history. The first thing I want us to see today is God speaks. God speaks. Atonement, God is a speaking God. God is a speaking God. God makes known what He wants through speech, through words. The will of God is communicated through words. In theology, we call that special revelation. God tells us exactly what he wants us to do through words. In Genesis chapter 1, God demonstrates how he created the heavens and the earth, the universe and the stars. Our brother David Galetta preached a fine message on Genesis 1 a few weeks ago. God spoke those things into existence, the Scriptures say. Think with me for a moment about the power of words. Military commanders speak to their troops, and the soldiers obey. Teachers instruct students, and students listen. Parents direct their children to pick up their toys, clean their room, make their beds, and if they're obedient children, they listen. Amen. Words. Words can bring great hurt. Words can bring great emotional pain. Words can soothe and heal troubled, anxious, grieving, and fearful hearts. Psalm 33, verse 6 says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. 
God talks to His creation. A.W. Tozer wrote, This Word of God is the breath of God, filling the world with living potentiality. The voice of God is the most powerful force in nature. Indeed, the only force in nature. For all energy is here only because the power-filled Word is being spoken. The Scriptures say here in Hebrews chapter 1, God spoke to the fathers. He spoke to Adam. He spoke to Noah. He spoke to Abraham. Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David. He talked to them. God spoke through the prophets, the writer to the Hebrews says. The prophets. They were the men who spoke what thus saith the Lord. They were His mouthpieces. And the Lord gave them. He he gave them exactly what He wanted His people to know. They weren't to speak outside of what the Lord said to them. They were to speak only what God said to say. In these last days, Hebrews 1 says, God has spoken to us by His Son. God has spoken to us by His Son. In in these last days, as you well know, it, it means the time period between Christ's life, death, Burial, resurrection, ascension, and when he shall return. We live in the last days. John chapter 1 verse 14 teaches us that God the Son became a man. God has spoken to us by his Son. God the Son became a man. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5 teaches us, but when the fullness of time had come, meaning when God's plan came to its proper moment, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem, you know, redeem means to purchase, to redeem those who were under the law, us, so that we might receive adoption as sons. The second person in the Trinity, the Son, became a man. That is almost unbelievable. (laughs) That is amazing. You know, I find it interesting in a world where people are scrambling to find out what's going on in the world or what, what, what my future's going to hold. People moving into what used to be years and years ago, which now we call paganism, horoscopes, psychic powers. Here God in His Word teaches us He has power over all of life. And the second person of the Trinity became one of us. 
in order that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters of God. In the 11th century, this truth of God the Son becoming a man so gripped Anselm of Canterbury that he wrote the famous book, Curdeus Omo, which translated means, Why the God-Man? Why the God-Man? Why did Jesus, why did the second person of the Trinity, why did he become a man? And here is the answer. Because of the broken, corrupted, dying condition of the first man and woman, which is also our condition. I was just driving yesterday after I worked out in the yard, and I began to think about my dear loved ones whom God has called into eternity. They died. You read the early chapters of Genesis. You read a refrain when it goes through the generations of people. And such and such had such and such, and they died. And such and such had such and such, and they died. Our condition is broken. I'm only 41 now, but I definitely know I'm aging. God sent forth his son at just the right time into the world of men and women as a baby who would become a man and, and the Savior. At the right time, the word became a man, and he spoke words of life. We live in the last days. This is our time period. It's the time period of your ancestors, wherever they come from. It's the, the time period for your friends and family and children until the Lord Jesus returns. We live in the last days. In these last days, you all, God has spoken to us by his Son. Well, God is still speaking today, you all, through his written word, the Bible, the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. God speaks to you today through Hebrews chapter 1, and God, he wants you to know something today. This information is just for you. It's just for you. Through the scriptures, God tells us, he teaches us who Jesus Christ is. Today, God introduces you to the Lord Jesus Christ, which leads to the second point I want you to hear this morning. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 teaches us that God created the world through the Son. I remember in it had to be in the, the it was either the fall, it, it was in the fall of uh, 2000. I was studying John's gospel with a group of guys in college. And I remember thinking through there, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He created all things. 
through him all things were created, and apart from him was not anything made or created that was made. This means that when you read Genesis chapter 1 and God said, let there be, and God said, let there be, and God said, let there be, the second person of the Trinity is creating. The very word of God is creating. God the Son was the word creating what God commanded. The Son of God creating is affirmed also in verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 1. And you, Lord, and and keep in mind here, God is talking to the Son. And you, Lord, laid the foundations of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. You know, when the astronauts went up into space, the American astronauts went up to space, and I was not alive during that time, but I have read and heard what was said, and I'm sure some of you remember, well, what did the, what did the man say as he looked out into the deep of space and he saw the earth? You remember what he said? In the beginning, God. Amen. Amen. Can you imagine? This is not written here. Being up above this great sphere, so beautiful and blue, and seeing the land and seeing the clouds, all encompassed in this globe. And people live on it, and they don't fall off into outer space. Where in the world did that come from? The atheist will tell you, you're a fool for believing in a God who made it. And in my brain, I think, how in the world could the world be except a God made it? Ah, the great mystery of the Trinity. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're all present. They're all involved at creation. Here in Hebrews, God wants you to pay particular attention to this. God the Son was creating at the beginning of time because Jesus is God. Well, Hebrews chapter 3 teaches us more about Jesus' divinity. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the brightness of the glory of God. He shines. He shines brighter than anything you've ever seen. I mean, think about it, you all. It's raining outside today, but the sun's still shining. But on a a brilliantly clear day, you stand, you look up at the sun. What is it doing? Shining in its radiance, right? You got to cover your eyes and put on some sunglasses. You can't really look at it. It reflects the sun, the sun, S-O-N. You are given a glimpse of Jesus shining in Matthew chapter 17, Mark chapter 9, and Luke chapter 9 at the transfiguration. Mark writes this, and he, meaning Jesus, was transfigured. He was changed before Peter, James, and John on the mount, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 to 16 says, Then I turned, this is John the Apostle, I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands, or candles. 
And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp, two-edged sword. And this is what I wanted you to hear. I read all that to get to this. And his face was shining like the sun in full strength. Jesus is the exact, in the ESV there it says, imprint, impression, image. The, Hebrew, the Greek word is character. <laughs> he is the full character of God. Jesus, in this world, showed us God. Jesus is God become man. He is truly God, while at the same time being truly man. Jesus reveals who God is through his life. You know, he, he, he tells the apostles in John, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hebrews 1 says, Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. The universe, Mercury, Mars, Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, the asteroid belts, Ursa Major, Ursa Minor, the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, the sun in its glory. Your physical body is upheld by the word of the Son of God's power. I mean, have you ever thought about it? I'm going a little long. That's all right. Your body is filled with these systems that work together. Perfect harmony. For many years, I wanted to be a doctor. You all may not know that, but I wanted to be a medical doctor. I still love the sciences. I loved, I was able to watch a lot of surgeries when I was in high school. It's just amazing. The human body, amazing. Same God who formed the universe is the God who formed your body. And it holds together by the word of the Son of God's power. He is almighty. Well, the third thing I want you to see is Jesus is Savior. The third thing is Jesus is Savior. Look again there at verse 3. Jesus made purification for sins. What does God want you to know here? Well, in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 to 14, God gives incredible information for you about Jesus the Savior. And he says this, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 to 14. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his seat. And I love this scripture here, verse 14. For by one offering, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. That means it's a done deal. It's done, it's a, it's a complete, a completely accomplished task. The songwriter, he wrote, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. 
Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. The fourth thing here I want you to see is Jesus is greater than angels. Jesus is greater than angels. Jesus is seated by the right hand of the Father. When you read Isaiah chapter 6, doesn't say that the angels are seated beside the Father. It says they're flying, covering up their eyes, covering up their feet, and they are worshiping God, proclaiming, holy, holy, holy. The angels are God's servants, His ministers, according to verses 7 and 14. Jesus is God's Son. He is God's Son, while the angels serve God. God the Father and God the Son have an eternal relationship. They've always existed as Father and Son and Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. Jesus has a more excellent name than the angels. Through the name of Jesus, men and women, boys and girls are saved. Angels carry forward the Word of God. Number five. Jesus is Lord and King. Jesus is Lord and King. Remember where Jesus is seated. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. God the Father, he says that the Son has a throne that lasts forever. He rules his kingdom with a scepter of righteousness. Jesus is eternal and his rule will never end. He's eternal even now as God and man in heaven seated by the right hand of the Father. Our world filled with pain and violence and deception, greed, godless living, will one day perish. But Jesus will remain. Jesus will forever be the same, and His years will never come to an end. Right now, the Scripture says, God is making Christ's enemies a footstool for his feet. Doesn't always feel like that, does it, when you watch the news? But right now, God is making a footstool out of Christ's enemies. Nebuchadnezzar, in Daniel chapter 2, he had a dream of a giant statue, and those, the, the different segments of the statues were kingdoms, different kingdoms. And the scriptures say that a stone was cut out of a mountain without hands, and that stone struck that statue of kingdoms. And you know what happened to those kingdoms? They blew away. They faded. The kingdom of Christ is forever. The stone became a mountain that filled the whole earth. The stone is Jesus. The stone is Jesus. One more thing here, the the angels are all ministering spirits, angels of service, sent out by God to serve the people who will inherit the salvation of Jesus Christ. Number six, the Word of God is extremely important. The Word of God is extremely important and necessary. In chapter 2 of Hebrews, verse 1, the writer says, therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it. The Lord Jesus, in the Word of God in John 6, He says, the words I've spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. But I'm going to say this, you, you won't know that if you don't spend time in them. 
and then allow the Lord to walk with you. You'll never be filled with with, with the joy of who Christ is until you saturate yourself in his word. Number seven and the last thing, who God is matters for how you live. Who God is matters for how you live. Therefore, who Jesus is matters for how you live. You all, it is time for us to get to know Jesus. It's time for us to get to know Jesus. And I could take a long time here to talk about the problems in our country, but I'm not going to, or the world. But may I say to you yet again, the world needs Jesus. And it'll be that way until the Lord Jesus returns. But until his people endeavor to really know Jesus, we will continue to live lives of compromise in this world that will one day give an account to the God who made it. The God who made each and every one of you. We will everyone stand before him one day. Doesn't seem like that now, does it? Young, strong I have watched the Lord take them away, take them away. And one day he'll take us away. Are we knowing Jesus? Are we knowing Jesus more than we love everything else? It's time for us to dare to walk with Jesus and watch him transform you as he renews your mind by the word of God. Let us pray. Our Father, I just read the words of this hymn. Rejoice, the Lord is King. Your Lord and King adore. Rejoice, give thanks and sing and triumph evermore. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice. Rejoice again, I say rejoice. Jesus, the Savior, reigns, the God of truth and love. When he had purged our stains, he took his seat above. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice, rejoice again, I say, rejoice. His kingdom cannot fail. Hallelujah. He rules over earth and heaven. The keys of death and hell are are to our Jesus given. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice, rejoice again, I say, rejoice. He sits at God's right hand till all his foes submit and bow to his command and fall beneath his feet. Lift up your heart. Lift up your voice. Rejoice again, I say. Rejoice. In Jesus' name, amen.